What's going on, Misfits? You know what? Let's take a moment to um, just remember the legacy, the brilliance that is Aretha Franklin. She passed away today at 76 years old. She's the queen of soul. And you know, you have to be an amazing talent to be considered the queen of soul and nobody contested like no one's ever contested it at all like I think she's so talented that nobody even tried to be like you know we should keep coming up with queens and princesses of like other genres of music like is there a white woman who's like considered the queen of pop I mean I guess it's Madonna shout out to Madonna it's also her birthday today as well and Angela Bassett and if you follow me on Instagram you have 24 hours to see this little key key post I put up on my IG story about Angela Bassett and Madonna both being 60 years old I hope I hope my body looks as snatched as Angela Bassett when I'm 38 as in four five months from now that ain't gonna happen but you know a hoka dream lastly thank you guys for listening to my misfit moments i appreciate you guys so much for listening to me ramble as i'm doing right now but this week we have a guest pd diabru a new york native shout out to us from the bronx i don't go there but you know it still counts as one of the boroughs and he is a former hustler not drugs who decided to get into comedy and so he tells his amazing story of his ups and his downs and all of the things that led him to be living his best life ain't going back and forth with you in words so take a listen um it's a great episode i appreciate you guys join my mailing list all that jazz follow me hit me up harass me when i'm late posting episodes i appreciate all of you guys so you know what it is you're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit Podcast with me, your host, Chloe Hillier, coming to you live from Washington Square Park. Woo! And I am joined by a comedian and uh, native New Yorker, a uh, man of many hats, um, OG legend from the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. P.D. Diabro. What's up? Did I say your last name right? You said it perfect, though. Thank you. Okay. I just got to make sure. You said that shit like you speak different languages. You know, it isn't often that I actually have a fellow native New Yorker on this here podcast. Thank you for having me. Yo. It's not often that I be talking to native New Yorkers not I around know, my way. And I have to make sure that I have my bag with all of the equipment in it um, cinched around my arm <laughs> in case anybody try to roll up and... On a goddamn skateboard nah, and run off with my not, shit. Not on my watch. Maybe, you know, when you with somebody from Chicago or some I shit. I know, right? Um, so we are in Washington Square Park. And this park, this park if you are a, a New Yorker, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people here now who are just, like, enjoying the sun and the, and the jazz and the water fountain. But if you're from New York, this park has been a part of your childhood. Because mm-hmm. you, you grew up in the Bronx. Yeah. I grew up in Brooklyn. And when you wanted to go to the city... You came to the West Village and you came to Washington Square Park, especially when it was like a parade day, like after the Puerto Rican Day Parade, when everybody had their anacondas around their necks or any other, like the West Indian Day Parade, like, okay, we're going to go into the city now. Lord of mercy. 
and you would come here and and just try to 420 you just try to mack on somebody yo can i be honest with you i've never been here before i started doing comedy oh, Lord. but that's because your whole life was in the bronx yeah was in the bronx and then when you went to florida and you was doing shit what were you what were well you? actually when i came to the city with my friends we would go to 40 deuce because that's back when they had the peep shows and the thing oh, so you we was, was young oh, and we was like oh. ha ha running to the peep show straight and see if you can see a titty. city yeah, yeah yeah we was dirtbags Peep show and uh, all of the, the karate, hookers. the karate, yeah, karate peep shows and hookers. You did you ever partake in a hooker? Not when I was a baby kid. When <laughs> I got older, yeah. But not from Forty Second Street. But nah, that time nah, it was nah. Disney. That was, it was Disney, ESPN, Eminem store. Yeah, yeah. Yo, people don't realize that Forty Second Street was straight. I know there's a show called Forty Deuce or the Deuce or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Deuce, the Deuce. But that's like the '70s and shit. So it was even yeah. crazier back then. It was crazy back then. But even in the '80s, in the early '90s, it oh, was yeah. still yeah. Smut City yeah, Central. Yeah. You would not, uh, you could not pay a family to walk down Forty Second Street. But as a kid, when we snuck, it felt like we were sneaking down there. You ain't telling your parents, "Yo, we going to Forty Deuce." You just go there, and you just want to see the freaks. So what would you see when you would go in there? I mean, just on the streets, like you the, know what oh, it was. Just on the street? like, oh, you I would, we would run into the peep show, and the dude be like, "Get out of here!" Because we little oh, kids, we'd yeah, be like, yeah. Yo, "Maybe we run in and see a titty," but we would. No, see. the peep, the titties is in the back. Yeah, you all the way in the back. You had to go through a quarter. quarter. Shit, dollar. How crazy is that? A quarter, and then like the drape or curtain would rise up, and there'd be a woman who'd been sitting on a stool, yeah. probably like reading. Uh, Sometimes the type of Reader's Digest. <laughs> Reader's Digest. <laughs> what the fuck was Reader's Digest? What I think that shit was Zodiacs and like just the shit that people, it's easy to digest, words that people digest. No, that means you have no idea. <laughs> what I got to look it up now. What the fuck was Reader's Digest? I think it might have been like, like a periodical with like short stories in it and stuff like that for people to read. That shit ain't around no more? Nah, it's we called got the internet. internet. Yeah, you're right. It's called a blog. It's called Instagram stories. Oh, Lord. Instagram. Put your phone up, honey. You got to put your phone in your pocket. You just got it out nah, here that's like not that. my shit. My shit don't even got a ringer. I'll be honest. That's how I keep it. I don't do vibrator, vibrate. I don't do ringer. I go silent and just will. Like, if I knew we on the line, I'm going to keep, like, if I know we got connections, so wait, I'm going to keep the so phone I in my just, hand. But I just called you. I know, but my phone was in my hand. Like, I looked. I knew. Why don't you put the ringer on? Because I don't need it. And this is, explains why it takes you forever to get back to text messages because you yeah. don't even know that you have it. I batch them. Whenever I look, if something's there, I respect if it's not. And then sometimes I look and then I go do some other shit and forget all about it. You know how it goes. I know. This is why it took us weeks to get together because I would text you, hey, come do my show. Well, and I was then, going through some I mean, shit the podcast. last couple of weeks. I was going through some personal shit. What, 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 what were you going through? It wasn't crazy. It was just some... Girl shit? No, 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 no. Business shit. Oh, okay, okay. That, oh, that's fair. Business is new to me. I don't know fucking business. So, like... Relation- well, that's interesting because this ties into your social media posts. P.D. Diablo, please read us your oh. social media posts. This is the one? Yes. Oh, okay. Make yourself hot. When I say that, I mean be active. Stay productive. Stay doing shit. Even if it's on a small scale, just do it. Create a vibe. Try to outwork and outthink the rest of the field. Have faith in yourself, your purpose, and your vision. Know that ain't nobody going to give you shit, so you got to go out and take that shit. Put yourself on. Make the sidelines look like the all-star game until you get to the all-star game. Oh, yeah. You can't be a winner if you roll around with losers. Keep your company official. Hashtag Wikipedia. Hashtag my motto. Hashtag fuck a handout. Hashtag no excuses. 
Somebody made somebody angry. Hold on, let me see who it made angry. Why no, we're not gonna call we nobody out. Out, but how many likes did that get? I got like a hundred sign. Hundred forty one. So that means hundred forty people resonated with that. Cause it's a factory. But then you turn around and you say you don't understand business. So let's get into I that. I don't. But so, but uh, man, a part of making yourself hot is understanding. That's the thing. I was just saying it like when you're in any in industry, and I know that this is, tends to my podcast tends to be a, a comedian focused thing because that's who I am, and those are my friends, and and you know regular people don't talk well on podcasts. No shade. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, the they the don't mic. understand how how the microphone and how to like keep talking <laughs> on something. They just be freezing up. You ask them a question, they give you a one word answer. Um, but yeah, so any it's any business that you're in where you are the driving force of your success meaning that you are the product mm-hmm. it's not enough just to be talented Mm-mm. because you have to understand the business so when you said that you were going through something personally about not personally but with your business mm-hmm. was that your first time where you realized like oh shit i gotta do x y and z like it's not just enough to go out every every night and get on stage and rock out well i knew that i kind of learned that maybe like a year ago mm-hmm. how long you been doing comedy for like six years yeah but i think i think the more more i think it's like i'm learning how to go with my gut mm-hmm. as opposed to appeasing people oh yeah no no don't ever do that because you know you get into a relationship as far as business wise with yeah. somebody whether it be a manager or agent whoever mm-hmm. and then it becomes a relationship and then sometimes you see what's coming at you and maybe you not say they bring 10 things at you yeah and like two of them or three of them you cool with everything else seems great Mm-hmm. But it's not really the direction. So your gut is like, yo, does this person get me? And then you're like, I'm yeah. going to ride it out because of the two, three good mm-mm, things. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, so that's me. what I'm saying. I was learning how to like oh, follow the gut and, and go through the no. emotions. And yeah. you know what I mean? Feeling like, yo, am I making a mistake if I say no to yeah. the, to the to a future with this person? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I was going through. No, a you're not making that. a mistake. You got to say no. But you it is it no. is new. But I think the confidence, like you said, you have to have confidence in the in that you are the driving force mm-hmm. so at the end of the day that's the thing that's gonna whatever your gut decision yep. is and then i'm learning the other thing was like so people that try to make you question your taste and your flavor and your decisions mm-hmm. so it's like a game now where it's like you like i'm gonna follow my gut and then they be like well just know i don't think you're making the right decision and then mm-hmm. like and then and you say you know what <laughs> if i'm not making the right decision i'm living with the decision right it's better to like for example, it's like when you have to audition for a big showcase, right? And people are like, you should do X, Y, and Z joke. Do this joke, do this joke, do this joke, or give them this type of thing that they want to hear from you. And then you do it, and you don't hit as hard as you want to hit. And you step off stage, you be like, fuck, why did I listen to them? Yeah. I should have did what I wanted to do. So to. at least when you do what you want to do, you live with that decision. And I think that's the best way to go about it. And also, when it comes to... You know, working for yourself and being a driving force. The thing is that these people that are telling you stuff, yeah or nay, they at the end of the day they work for you. Right, right, they right. They don't right, get right, right. they don't get paid unless you get paid. So for them to want to weigh in and be like, I think you're making a bad decision. Also, sometimes you got to factor in. Well, they're telling you these things because they know that they're going to get something out of it. And then yeah, they try and pay the rent. Of course. So whenever somebody's like, yo, you hot, when you talk about make yourself hot, it's like yeah, basically make yourself hot enough where somebody knows that they can pay their rent off of you. <laughs> but also, I think um, I be feeling bad sometimes for my peers sometimes because you know what it is to be hungry and you starving and mm-hmm. you eating ramen noodles and you doing all this shit. So yeah. you might be sitting on gold and then 
the first thing that come along is going to feel validating. So you're going to bite at the, at yeah. the, you know, at the opportunity where it's like if you could have just ate a little more ramen noodles, mm-hmm. a better thing was going to come. Especially if you see the way people gravitate into you like, oh, where did yeah. you come from? Yeah, you it's know? like, a, did you listen to Solange's um, album, Seat at the Table? No. So on her album, Seat at the Table, she has an interlude with Master P. And Master P was talking about when he first started, you know, he was selling stuff out of his trunk of his car and driving around the South and, you know, doing shows and all that stuff. And then he got to a point where, like, a record label came up to him and he offered him, like, I want to say, like, five million dollars or something like that right and mm-hmm. his brother was like yo take that or a million dollars whatever it was they was like they offered him something and his brother was like you'll take that money and master p was like well if he's offering me that money then imagine how much more i'm actually worth right because they're gonna Absolutely. always that first offer is always gonna be the lowball offer because they're like well you ain't got shit you selling stuff out of your, right, your right, car right, 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 right. so you're gonna jump this million dollars and sometimes you gotta hold out there's another movie I watched. Um, it's terrible, by the way. But um, Tyler Perry's Acrimony. I'm no, you haven't seen That's it. That's a new joint. It's the newest the one. Like, I had. Well, one? Taraji. Because yeah. it's like kind of serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I seen the preview. It had uh, it has Taraji Henson in it, and basically she's married to this man, like her college sweetheart or something like that, and mm-hmm. he um, is obsessed with this idea, this tech technical idea that he created this invention he created this invention and so for like 18 years they're married and he, all he does is like get little bullshit jobs and put all his money into this invention mm-hmm. and so after 18 years she's done she's fed up she's like i can't do this no more i'm leaving you you ain't not done nothing nothing for me i'm tired of spending all this money i'm tired of working two jobs and keeping the roof over our head and you out here dreaming and as soon as she leaves him he gets the deal and he gets like gazillions of dollars right. like hundreds of millions right, of dollars right, right. for this invention and then she's looking at him now like oh snap okay well, let's get back together but she already d- dumped him she dumped him and he was being nice about it he gave her like a uh, 10 million dollars like for all of your troubles here's 10 million dollars even though he got like probably like 300 million dollars but she was she lost her mind she went crazy because he like, still he gave a ten and then was like, but we still not. Oh yeah, each other. he gave a ten and then started and started dating and got engaged and married this Oof. other woman that she suspected him that he had cheated on her with. Oh shit! Which you can't do. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't cheat on a woman and then she take you back and then when y'all break up, you go back to the woman you cheated on her with because she gonna feel like your whole relationship was a lie. Well, you gotta be open. That's what I'm learning too in my life. Uh, well, from the gate, like I mean, from the gate, absolutely, but. What do you mean open? But like, if you're dating somebody, you tell them, "Hey, I'm seeing other people." Oh, yeah. Like you don't creep. You no. can't creep. There's no. There's no excuse for the creep. Like so it's better what is to your, be. What is your status now? Right now, you know, I'm in a relationship. Oh, you know what I'm saying? About I just want to let everybody know he did the OG like hand up to the goatee. <laughs> he definitely nah, you know, smoothed out the goatee line. You know, I'm, you know. I'm booed up right now. You know what I'm saying? How long you guys been thing. together? First of all, PD, you always have a girlfriend. Nah. That's take, a lie. I got like a couple months off sometimes. What? Yeah, like I do like a couple months. I don't be looking for the relationships, but sometimes it's just the, the love. You know, it's like drops of water. You know what I'm saying? When they get how close long? enough, they be like, bloop. And now they one drop of water together. How, how, how long you been with this woman? Six months now, yeah. Okay, exclusively. Nobody else? Nobody else. Okay. That's that's big for you. That's new. That's what I'm trying to show you. You know your boy done changed up. Was she at your show that I did? The backyard nah, show? Nah, she wasn't. Oh, so PD has... Oh, backyard sessions. Yes, she was. She was. Oh, okay. So uh, PD has a backyard show that he hosts. It's not his backyard, but he... It's my homegirl, Lindsay's. It's actually her thing, cookout, uh, 
Backyard Sessions. Uh-huh. Look it up on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, they, she got a whole Instagram page and everything. Yeah. It was very official. But I host it for, that's my family. And, you know, so I'm part of it. I help run it. Yeah, whatever. produce yeah. it and everything. And you said you don't like the pressure of running a show. Yeah, it's too much work. It's what is the work, Petey? You you book your friends and you give them the light I and you know, tell them to get off but stage. Because then I'm so I get loosey goosey and I want to have fun like everybody else. It's well, like a, it's, it's a like business. you gotta conduct shit it's when you. Business. I want to have fun. We doing a, it's a barbecue. Fuck, I'm not trying to be with a timer <laughs> in my hand at a barbecue. I want chicken. I got chicken wing grease on my fingers and all kind you of shit. You got focus. That's why I like doing shit. I like other people to like. I like to set up something. And then kind of, even that I'm learning is like setting up things, but then also having boundaries and like yeah. being clear with like, all right, this is the what I want. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't want. Yep. Let's if work it's together. Your, if it's your stuff, you should, you should not feel any way about like being very adamant about what it is exactly that you want to happen. But it's just like, you know, I realized, I remember I had a show at the Better Day spot mm-hmm. and it was like probably one of the first shows that I had like. You know when you like, let me see if my friends that's doing things gonna come. And they yeah. all came through. It was yeah. like Damian Lemon, yeah. Dulce, um, a bunch of people. And and I'm on stage. I'm having fun. Woo woo woo. And then nobody was even giving me the light. So I might have did a million minutes, and yeah. I'm just dead. And I, I'm like, all right, you ready to start the show? Boom boom boom. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even put a lineup together. Who wanted to go first? <laughs> and they looking at me like, uh, they stopped having fun at that moment. Like, yo, really, nigga? What's wrong with you? Yeah, what's wrong with and you? And then I was like, all right, I need someone to help me run this. And then you got somebody to help me run Macala it. Makala. So running. let's talk about your show so everybody knows. You have a great show every Thursday? Every Wednesday, Better Days. Every Wednesday, Comedy. Better Days. And uh, it's like Lower East Side, Chinatown, low, yeah, yeah. Little Italy. It's in that little like gray middle, zone. Yeah. By the park. By uh, what's that park called? It's not Stewart Park. I no, don't it's know. It's like Forsyth. Right by Forsyth. In between Forsyth and Christie, that park. Okay. But yeah, I got every Wednesday. Uh, you could catch heavy hitters like Chloe Hilliard. What time? <laughs> uh, doors open at 8. We rock and roll at 9.30. Okay, good. Um, no, it was a great show. I had a lot of fun when I did it. Um, so let's talk about... Do you feel like you're hot, or do you feel like you're you're the, you're still fighting against the, the I mean, unforeseen I'm, I'm hot, forces? I'm hot versus where I was st- where I started at. So let's talk you know about how I'm you saying? got started, because I all right. So me and Petey go back. I, I met Petey at least four. Oh shit! Four years ago, longer than that. Five, you said you've been doing it for six, six years. Six years. I, I met you the because I moved after like I was doing it like four months, uh-huh. and then I, I was in Miami, and then I moved here to do it. And I met you like in the first year. So oh, really? like probably six years. Okay, so probably back when six. motherfuckers was eating at Carritos. I oh, didn't know you yeah, though. I just yeah, I yeah, seen yeah, you yeah. and you was cool. You was a cool kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Carritos. Niggas was throwing fucking towels on my head and, and shit. Listen, we <laughs> would eat we would eat whatever was cheap. This is this is the G. And they used to get a discount, right? Of remember? course. You get to so PD, we used to work at this club in the city, Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And right above it was this it's been a million different restaurants, but at this point it was like a a fast food Indian joint. Uh, tasty Carritos. Fusion, though. He was Fusion like, yo, I'm going to put Indian and, burritos. and Mexican. And mm-hmm. bur- curry, curry and burritos. Yo, I did not know that's what that shit meant until <laughs> just now. Um, tasty Carritos. And we just became friends with the guy who ran it because he was young. He was like our age. His dad had started this business and told him he was going to run it. And he was in there bored. And we were coming in, sit and talk and laugh and joke. And he would just give us food. And that was how you just charm your way into a meal when you ain't got no money. Yep. So I would see PD and PD would be at the open mics and he started running the open mics and then I would just go there and just fool around and now you're running all these shows. 
Well, I was working at the door before the mic. I was the door guy at the at Greenwich Village. So that was your hustle. That was like I'm gonna infiltrate from the inside. Yeah, I, I was actually before even the door guy. I was just firing, um, cleaning tables and fucking. Not even flying. Like, I was smarter. Like, I, I did it, like, one day, and then I finagled my way. Like, all right, I'm going to just have to clean tables better than everybody yeah. else because I ain't trying to be outside. So then I did that for a minute. And then, like, after maybe, like, a year and a half, they told me I could run an open mic. Mm. It was like, yo, have a mic. So I was like, all right. He's and like, then I finally, like, you know, that was the whole point. Nah, I just wanted to be around. I wanted to see people do comedy. That's the ill thing too. It's like being in the city. You get to see. Yeah. I got to. I, I feel like when I came in, I seen all of the guys that's like popping now mm. on the almost on the way out. Yeah. Or they was just like making you know the what jump mean? from open mic to consistent. Not working. even open mic. I'm talking about working at Greenwich. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. I was working yeah, the yeah, door yeah. before the mic. It was like I came in. I think Pete Davidson was still there. Mm-hmm. Everybody like. Giannis was still there. Uh, Christy Stefano, everybody like yeah. that. Monroe and them was there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know what I mean? Everybody was working their way up and then out, and then you see them, everybody leave. Yeah. And then you still there cleaning tables. Oh, Lord. And well, you're not cleaning tables no more. You don't even work there, do you? Huh? You don't even work there. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, so I did that, and then, but like on my way out of the spot, I saw funny. I ran into Louisa from the knitting fact. Well, used to be from the knitting yeah. factory last night, and I was telling her. I remember I was working, but I would take advice from people like older dudes. Yeah. And one of the best advice I got was somebody said, "Yo, be, um, be stink at one place, be mediocre at one place, and then go mm-hmm. let other people see you instead of being whack and going everywhere yeah. and not everybody know you was you stink." So that's why you was eating, breathing, sleeping at that one club. Right. So I was always there. And then once I kind of went left, I'm like, yo, I, I think I'm funny enough. Mm-hmm. I think I'm all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm seeing what everything else is going on. I'm all right. But I wasn't in none of the popping spots. Yeah. So I had to see who's running everything. Mm-hmm. It was Louisa. So I told myself, all right, I got to perform in front of Louisa. I got to perform in front of Rebecca Trent, mm-hmm. Becky, uh, Aspen, Marianne, mm-hmm. and, and Patrick from The Stand. I was like, if I could perform in front of these five people, maybe... Yeah. You know things will work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whatever. And then I started. I started. I started working in front of. Um, the first spot I got was in front of uh, Rebecca at Creek in the Cave mm-hmm. Live. Mm-hmm. So yo, I remember. I think I might have bombed in front of her before. <laughs> Everybody bombs at Creek. But in the then Cave. when I was like, I felt like it was like I remember the train ride there. I'm like talking to myself like, oh, yo, God. you gotta do good. Like come on, this is it. It's eight o'clock Friday night. It's gonna be popping. And then I um. I remember on the way that I came up with the joke. What was the joke? Well, before I get into the joke, I was like, yo, I'm a, I'm a, so I, I said to myself, I was like, yo, I'm a, she going to have to either not like me or just like me for who I am or mm-hmm. whatever. So I was like, I'm going to just be me. Cause before I felt like I'm doing this, I'm a comedian, la 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 la. And I'm yeah. just like everybody else. And I seen motherfuckers was bombing. I'm like, well, so on the way I was like, yo, um, I said, so I'm thinking about the creek in the cave, creek in the cave. I'm like, oh, this shit is dope. And I'm like, you should build one of these in the hood. Bring one of these to the Bronx. I'm like, but you got to change the name because ain't no niggas coming to no creek and no cave. Yeah. You got to turn that shit to like the corner store and the concrete or something. <laughs> and like, whatever. So I did that. And she was there. And then I had shouted her out too from the stage. I was like, yo, Rebecca, what up? Yo, I like this a little, a little. You should do this. You should do yeah. that. And like, la, la, la. And she was like. I'll never forget. So the day on my way home from that, I felt so good, too. I felt like, oh, shit, I'm fucking doing my thing. And then on my way home, 
I go on Facebook and she tagged me in the post and she was like, yo, people like PD is reasons that I'm happy that I bought the creek. Mm. So I went from the bottom of the fucking bed. Now I'm going to the creek with my head up. Like, yeah, you read the fucking <laughs> post, yo. Don't act like you ain't read the. So and then people started treating me a little differently. Yeah, then you I got did, a cosign. And then I did the knit. And um, well, you I did, did the knit with Louisa and Louisa uh, Clark, Kenny and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Will. Mm -hmm. And Will. And I did that for the first time. Actually, I did it on the Wednesday. It was on the Wednesdays. I didn't even get to the Sundays. Mm -hmm. I did the Wednesdays. It, and it was like a whatever type of night. And I was like, I did it like, yo, I, my whole life depended on it. So they was like, yo, who this? Because I was under the radar for so yeah. long. People might have seen, like, Sim used to always show me love. And Simeon, like put me on, shout out Simeon to Simeon Goodson. Goodson. He would always put me, like, he, because everybody loved him. And he would bring me with him. So it was like, you was like, why yeah. is he, who's this? Mm -hmm. And Simeon is an amazing comedian Hilarious. and writer who has relocated to Abu Dhabi. And been there for four years. Four years. I think, yeah, yeah. He was damn. like, I'm only going for a year. Yeah. And now he out there wearing custom-made suits. He got silk head wraps and all <laughs> that. But now, nah, so he would take me. And then, um, so I did the show. Did really good. And then Louisa was like, she posted one of those things with a picture with the fave under it. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm a fave. Oh, <laughs> shit. Two down, three to go. And then I, um, what happened? And then I went. I did, uh, then I did Broken because Nimesh was at Greenwich at the time before he got into the cellar. Mm -hmm. And um, and Denny at the time. Denny, I met Denny through opening up for Sim when he was recording his album. Mm -hmm. And then Nimesh, I would just see him and he would always show me love like, yo, you mad funny, la, la, la. And I used to be like, yo, what's good? Get me on that Broken shit, yo. Get me yeah, on that Broken like, shit. Yeah, he'd be like, oh, it's not me. It's, uh, it's, it's Becky. Becky. And I, I don't like, book right. it. That's the, that's the OG line. Whenever you ask a comment and they'd be like, I don't no, book no, it. No, no, no. But he was like, Nimesh was like, yo, I got you. Oh, cool. He was like, come through. And I was like, all right, cool. And then and then Danny vouched too. And then same thing. Went up. I was hungry. And I was like, boop, bat, boop. And then I just... And one of my main goals too, like even in the beginning, was like I, I always had this. I call the open door policy. When I want, when I go somewhere, I want to, I want to be welcome back anytime that yeah. I come back. I want people to be like, "Oh, you here? Go up," because we know what you did last time. Yeah. So I did that at Broken. You know, she loved me. Whatever, we was cool. Then the same thing, um, Night Train. I did that when Wyatt was still running it. Went yeah. first, I think, and it was like boom, boom, boom out the park. The sound, you know, it's real when the sound guy hits you up like, yo, you was mad funny, yo. I seen that shit. But that's also because you have this, like, this realness, which is why white people love you, is because. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, white people no, love, no, a, white people love a, a person of color on the edge, but that's friendly enough. Yes, yes, Like, yes, they know yes, you've yes, been yes. through some shit, but they know that you've overcome you got it. So they I got scruples. So they respect you. Like, he's been through a lot, but he's a good guy. But he ain't gonna steal. Uh, well, also, let's talk about it because you definitely used to do some shit back yeah. in the day and you're very open about it. Not very. A little bit. A little open. What are you talking about? You uh, Every other throwback Thursday is a picture of you looking like but a, I didn't a, say a, what a I was gigolo, doing. <laughs> gigolo, slim, shades, that was young macadamia. gold chains. So what was that part of your life? You That's that when was, you was in Miami? Yeah, that was... Um, How old were you? So I was you probably lived, like so early, you lived in New York like, City and then moved to Miami. I moved to Miami when I was probably like, well, first of all, I left New York when I was maybe like eighteen, nineteen. Mm -hmm. I moved out west. I, I was in Salt Lake with my family. What? What? My family had moved hell? out west. How you go from the Bronx to Salt Lake City? Because my my sister had moved out there. For what? For some business shit. Okay. 
And then, so I went to go stay with her. Oh, okay, like, no, it wasn't like your mom and nah, everybody nah, nah, moved. Nah, nah, okay, nah, nah, like your sister went. Yeah, my so sister. You went. And then, oh, okay, so I okay. went to go, like, you know, help out with the kids and all of that. Mm-hmm. So that was at like 18, 19. And then. How the fuck did you manage and salt? Like, I've been there. It was lit, though, actually, because at first I never even knew. what the, When I first heard the name Utah, I was like, what? What the fuck is that? I didn't even think it was a place. I thought that, like, they made that up at the part of the Utah Jazz. Like, <laughs> it's just part of the team name. Like, I didn't even think there was, like... A whole state named Utah. Yes. I was like, what is that? And it's what a is? Mormon state. Yo, i never forget when I first got there. I got there at nighttime, right? So my sister picked me up from the airport. And we driving. And I'm like, damn, yo, i never seen clouds that low before. And she's like, yo, that's actually mountains and snow on the mountain. I was like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. i never seen no mountain with no snow before. Are you kidding me? That's some Alaska shit. Yeah. So how long did you stay out there? I was there? only there for like maybe like a year between there and like L.A. and shit. And then. How did you manage? I'm just saying like culturally. Like was it a big oh, shock to you? I was getting money. I was chilling. I understand that. But like you didn't. So your life in Utah never intersected with like the Mormon culture. Like there nah, was never a culture I was at clash. the clubs and I was at like mm. I wasn't where the Mormons was at. <laughs> or maybe they was there, but I didn't. It was never like. They keep that shit on the low, I feel like. You either repping it or you on the low with it. Yeah. Well, but everybody's Mormon, I feel like 98%. Ev- yeah, everybody's Mormon until you ask them a question and then you then you realize that. Like, if you're not Mormon, it'll be a while before you realize, oh, damn, everybody everybody here is Mormon. Yeah. You think it's like how, you know, <laughs> you go to New York and people are like, oh, yeah, I'm Christian or whatever. You think it's like that in pockets? No, 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 no. No, nah, it's all. It's, it's Mexican like, Mormons. It, it's... it's Samoan yeah. Mormons It's all kind of Mormons But anyway So I did that And then I moved to um, Moved back home To New York For like about A summer And then I moved down To Miami I moved down to Orlando Miami area and, By yourself um, You had people down here By myself By mm. myself I moved Well I was hustling With some people In Miami mm-hmm. And uh, But I was by myself And I was maybe like 20 at the time I was young I wasn't even 21 yet I was like 20 wow. And I was hustling, and I started making a lot of money. And then um, I had a nice little run from like 2000 and like 2004 to like probably like 2000 and probably like 2010. That's a that's like a little five l- year. That's run. a long time. Or not? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but obviously, uh, like, in the beginning, you're making more money. And then towards the end, the money started dwindling. Like, it started being like... Why is that? The hustle slowed up. Oh, really? So, it went from, like, a lot... It went from, like, 15 to 20 a week. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, it was like, we lucky if, if, if motherfucker get 2000 <laughs> for the month. Like, that was a big deal. Like, you, you fucking living this type of life. And now you, like, you feel... Shit, if I get 2000 now a month, I'm like, oh, we doing it, baby. White castles on me. But now it's like... But how do you do... Like, but also that relates to what you're doing now. Like, how do you diversify? Like, when you're in a hustle, were you trying to come up with other ways to kind of regenerate that big money? Or you just was like, this is all I know right now? Well... You mean where I'm at doing now? No, no, no. Like, from there to now, it's like applying the same things you learned when you were hustling. Like, did you try to reinvent yourself? Like, did you say, okay, listen, the, yeah. the business has changed a little bit, so let me restructure how, my tactics? Well, I saw, I felt like before, and then, too, I was, when I was hustling, I wasn't hustling for myself. Mm-hmm. So I was hustling under somebody. I was, yeah. like the, I was like the, you got the boss. I was like the underboss, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So the shit started slowing up, slowing up. And um, get it, 
get it, Spider-Man on the skateboard. I wish y'all was here so you oh, could look, see I this see shit. Him. This shit ratchet as hell. So, so um, many people. That shit just threw my whole shit. I never thought I was going to see Spider-Man on a skateboard <laughs> listening to trap music. That shit is lit. Um, Sorry, what were you talking about? You're talking about how you were working for the big Oh, boss. so I was working for someone else. So when it started slowing up, it was easier for me to get the confidence and kind of be like, yo, I'm going to just take my chances doing my own shit. Oh, so you started working for yourself? Yeah, but I wasn't hustling. I was just like, I was hustling, but I wasn't doing illegal shit at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, if I'm risking my fucking freedom for this shit and it's not making as much money as it used to make, yeah, I might as well just try to hustle straight. some legal type of shit. So I was what making, did you do? I was, um, the first hustle, I started designing sneakers. I started customizing sneakers in, in Miami yourself. Beach. Yeah, because my boy had, he had, um... He had, like, the only hip-hop spot on South Beach. And when I was making money, that's where I would go. Like, mm-hmm. you know, from the BX. So I'm like, wait, I'm going to get my mixtapes yeah, and all that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, my Jimmy Jazz? Where's my V.I.M.? Right. But, like, even more, like, like a, like, you don't know Jimmy. Yeah. This is, like, I knew the nigga that ran the yeah. shit. So he's, like, cool as shit. And then, so he was selling custom sneakers to, like, rappers or athletes or whoever entertainer came to the neighborhood. And, um... One day I was online and I had seen like these sneakers that had like lights in them and I was fascinated by them shits. Like, you know how they sell them in the mall now? Like, mm-hmm. You go to the mall, you see the light sneakers. But this was like an old, like this was probably like 2010 or something. Yeah. And then I seen them. I'm like, oh shit. For some reason, I don't know how I'm researching, research. I figure out the material and what it is. Order some of that shit. And then... I just start dissecting old sneakers I had and trying to do it. And then I figured out how to do it. And then as soon as I figured out how to do it, I took it to my man that was selling the sneakers. And I was like, I mean, I forget. It was like Pulp Fiction. Remember when they opened up the box <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the fucking yeah. the, the briefcase? Yeah. I opened up the shit. And he was like, yo, because this is niggerish shit. Yeah. So this was like the, we just want to shine. So you oh, telling me I could turn my shit on in the club where it's dark and I got my Air Force <laughs> One and they can see me. So that shit, that shit paid my rent for like a good Maybe like a year and change. Wow. And then I got into like art trying to do my, I used to hang out with a bunch of artist friends and they would see me doing my sneakers and shit. And one of my close friends, he was like, yo, let's collaborate. I'll paint something. You put lights in it. Did that. Um, then I had a homegirl that had a gallery, Evo. She still do in Miami. And she let us, she let us um, have a, ex- I guess an ex- exhibition mm-hmm. at, her, at her spot. And then we had a couple other things going on during the Art Basel shit. And the first piece we did together, that shit sold. Wow. Shit probably I think it sold for like 800 or something like that. And I was gassed, nigga. You telling me, I, oh, you telling me I'm an artist now? <laughs> so I was gassed. And then that shit What was your up, name? What was your artist name? It was my name. name. It was oh, yeah. my name. Whatever. Okay. No, I would go by Do The Light Thing. I ain't for, I would, do The Light Thing. Do The Light Thing. thing. So, you know what I'm saying? We was, we was trendy. We was high. My, my space days. <laughs> and, um... But then that shit kind of dwindled out. I had a reality check. Home, my homegirl was like, yo, you're not a fucking artist. I was like, yo, don't say that. I'm going to be the biggest artist there was. Oh, shit. She listen. was like, what you doing? What, what are you doing right now? I was like, chilling. <laughs> and she was like, yo, what's your friend doing right now? I was like, painting. And she's like, he's a fucking artist. You're not an artist. You a fucking poser. I was like, God damn, that shit fucked me up. But that's so funny because I still talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I, I always bring that back up. I'm like. I never. She was the person that kind of made me get into comedy too, because I I had stopped talking to her for like a minute because I was salty. <laughs> Took but, it mad personal. But she wasn't. But she still wasn't doing no art shit. You were just mad at her. Yeah, I was just mad at her. But then <laughs> when I seen her. I was like at the end of my road. I had got five, and then I started working retail after that. It was easy, and then um, I got fired from that job. 
but I had a homie that was always trying to put me on, like inspire me, like yo, you know, he was like it was a group of knuckleheads, mm -hmm. and there's that one friend that's like got his own business, and yeah. he's like yo, you got a head on your shoulder, do something with it, and then um. I went to some place, some speaking engagement, some dudes saying some inspirational shit. And I had just got fired from my job. <laughs> dude was like, so dude was like, I remember it like I was I was depressed because I was like the first time in my life that I realized like, yo, I'm an adult and I ain't got no life skills. I don't know oh, how I'm going to survive. Yeah, I don't got no education. Big, yep. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, so dude was like, yo, do something before, don't die without doing, trying to do something you always wanted to do. And I always wanted to be a comedian. So I was like, yeah. fuck it, I tried that. Or oh, I wanted to try it. So then I rewind back to the homegirl. So we went to her crib, we smoking. And she's like, yo, what you been up to? I'm like, yo, I think I'm going to try to do comedy or whatever. And yo, she got dead serious. Like, I never seen her be that serious. She was like, she looked at me, she was like, that's what you got to, that's your thing. Mm. Like, after she told me some crazy shit, like, you ain't this, you ain't that. And then she was like, yo, that's your thing. She was like, that's going to be the shit that's going to change your life. I don't know how, but she was like, it's going to change your life, your family you life, everything. You better keep this friend around. No, absolutely. We still talk and all of that. But but that was part of the thing that was, like, I think definitely, like, part of the drive. Did you believe her when she said it? Or like, did it, I like, had you started comedy or just no, in your mind? You it was, was like, just I in my I'm mind. And then I started doing mics and shit. Then I got a laugh at the first mic, and I was hooked after that shit. Mm. I bombed for, like, mad years after that. <laughs> I remember one time I bombed on a show you was on. It was uh, it was back when, when, when um, shorty name, Christian, Christian Ramirez and Cali, 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 uh-huh, had a show at Ella, Lower East Side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, somebody didn't show up, and then I think Lawrence was hosting it. Lawrence uh, Deloach. Deloach, he yeah. was hosting it. And then he was like, yo, can my man get a spot? And I think Nico was there. I never forget. You don't forget, you don't forget who's around when you bomb hard. Like for the first time or two or ten times, you always remember the people that you feel embarrassed around. I've only, I bombed. Once? No, 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 no. I mean, I definitely have instances where I didn't have a great set. But I mean, bombed, bomb, diddy, bomb, bomb, bitty, bitty, bomb, bomb. <laughs> Uh, it was me and a comedian named Molly Austin. I know Molly. When we, we first started together, we took a comedy class together. And so we was like, okay, we're going to go to all the mics. And so on Mondays, Smokey Suarez used to oh. have um, this comedy Mocha. show at Mocha in Harlem. This bar lounge called Mocha. And he would put all the young comics up first. And he put us up. But we were sitting in the audience because we didn't know so right. we were sitting in the audience so he just called us up to perform there's no stage there's no spotlight it's just a mic and a bar and a bar and a bunch of black people eating their wings yep. not really giving a fuck because they know that we knew so they like no respect we'll give you a little bit of courtesy until you're not funny and then we're gonna go back to our conversation because you're really here for whoever the headliner is yeah. and smokey the host and so we just was up there and it was so bad i literally ended up just like spinning in a circle trying to talk to everybody that was in there and stuff, <laughs> which is a bad sign because you just got to stand firm where you are put your feet down and command from where you are right. instead of trying to appease and appeal to every single person like oh yeah <laughs> what, no it, I, it was terrible and she went up and it was she was terrible i was terrible we both was like yeah i'm glad you came because this is i would have been i didn't have no support y'all bombed so hard it was at that spot and I bombed so hard that I, you know, you bomb, you know, you bombing when you introduce the host. Like, ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's, bring, up, let's, let's bring your host back up here. The person that's going to help 
fix this problem. I just and, yo, started. That shit felt so bad because I was so hyped. Like, ooh, they gonna let me. Oh, everything was big moment. to me. Because that's everything. like Because that's like a, when, first of all, when you're not on a show and somebody vouch for you, that's yo. like that's like Rudy. That's like yeah. That's what I'm saying. Rudy, yo, and, but then every Rudy. show for me back then I was probably like a year, maybe a year and change in. So like everything to me was the biggest fucking deal. Of course, of course. It's everything was the biggest deal, and then you know how that feeling feel when you like oh bomb so. So hard. did you stay or did you leave? I was so dumb, I stayed probably. No, yeah. you, you got to sit in that bomb. You got to sit in it. It was. I remember Nico say, yo, I'm never going to let you forget this. And I was like, oh, like you know when you bomb and a nigga kick you in your face But afterwards. at least he talked like, to you. Oh. See, the worst bomb is when they don't talk to you. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one time I bombed in Queens at, at Sugar Sean Riley's show. Mm-hmm. And I got on stage. I tried to, like, get my, because I had my book bag with me and it was by the <laughs> bar. So I tried to, like, it was crowded, too. It was packed. And I'll try to like go through the bar to grab my bag and to go. So I'm going to the bar. He's like, "Yo, Petey, you still here?" And I'm like, "I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah." And he's like, "Yo, you ever got booed off stage before?" <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, nah." nah. He's like, "I right, well, just keep at this comedy. It'll happen." And I was like, "Damn, son, that shit <laughs> That's hurt." That's fucked up. But so she tells you you're gonna be a comedian. So by this t- time, you were completely done with hustling. Yeah, I was done with it. I was done with it, and that shit was hard for me to like even just to. I didn't know what I was going to do after that. I've been hustling so long that... What were you doing with 15... Were you taking home... You personally were taking home 15000 yeah. 20000 a week? Yeah. And what were you doing with that money? I was being niggerish. Parties, suits. Did you have... Do you Fancy did, dinners. You saved nothing. I don't know. Damn. I ain't got no... It's like... You ever seen that ESPN 30 for 30 broke? Yes. That's like me, but without the sports. So you just was every week get money in, money out. Yeah. Basically. Did you live in a nice place? Oh, hell like, yeah. I had a penthouse. You had a penthouse? Penthouse, couple nice cars. You know, I was living that Which, life. So you was just paying everything cash? You was paying yeah. your rent cash? Yeah, yeah, everything. C- car, go to, the, go to the dealership, put down a stack of money, yeah. leave out. You bought the cars? I bought a couple cars, yeah. I bought a Dodge Magnum in uh, 2008. No, 2007. 9-11. Sport. Carrera Sport. And what happened to it? That shit got, well, the Magnum got repoed and I had to sell the Porsche. Mm. And then you. And then I had my hoop. And then I had a, I had a, I had a, like a um, project car that I was like, ooh. So I had a 78 Monte Carlo that I was like, yo, I'm going to make it look like the car from training day. Oh my gosh. But I ain't never got around to fixing it up or nothing. <laughs> so when everything, I lost everything, I just had that car and the motorcycle. And the windows didn't work on the car like that. because I didn't, how but not fun. only that, it was like raining season. I was homeless for like a month, and I was like sleeping in the car, and then the fucking With the rain. windows down? Cracked. I got to sleep in the back seat in the middle. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. And I was embarrassed to tell anybody because I was like big shit, and then the next day I was nothing. It was not it really nothing, the next it day? Felt, it, it felt like it. It felt like, yo, you live for five, six years, and you make a lot of money, and then you ain't got nothing. And then you realize you ain't got no friends. You ain't got... Mm. Who I'm gonna go around The bad shorties I was wet in the club Buying bottles And I'm like yeah. Yo I'm broke around What's good Let me sleep on your couch So what happened What shifted within you What made you realize Alright I, I gotta give this up Well it stopped working Hold And, on, and it was mad a, stressful There's a rollerblade uh, Posse group, A roller great Rollerblade meetup group In the park And they're really excited To meet up in rollerblade But um the shit stopped working and that shit started weighing on me like emotionally and like imagine if you like yo I'm gonna try to pay this rent with this hustle and then that shit don't work 
and you like, how the fuck I'm gonna pay this rent? I gotta make. That's why I started making sneakers and all that shit. Cause I, I just, it was like out of, yeah, out of trying to survive and yeah. not trying to get a real job. I'm like, I'm gonna figure out how to make some money out of nothing, really. Mm-hmm. Like I would spend like maybe like for a pair of Air Force Ones. I wouldn't buy the Air Force Ones. He would give me the sneakers. I would do the lights, and he would pay me like a buck fifty, and the shit costs like eight dollars for the lights and all that shit. So I would flip two, three, four, five, like a bunch of them how a week. M- how much did he sell them for? <sighs> He was hitting niggas over the head for like 800, 500, 600. Yeah. Wow. Because motherfuckers is rich they motherfuckers. They ain't yeah. never seen the shit. They're like, oh my God, lights. Oh, wow. It they just probably like, fell apart. As soon as they two stepped in the club. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I want my money back. <laughs> and he used to be like, nah, it's art, yo. Wow. Once you wear it. So is he still down there? I don't know. That nigga went out of business. Oh, shit. He can't compete with Nike. Very true. And, and maybe in 2005 when. Mixtapes were still popping. You I can't know, even sell right? Who's making money off mixtapes? Nobody. But, um. So how did you get the hustle, there? The hustle yeah. ran out. And I, like I said, I was like, damn, I don't got no life skills. And then I saw it was always a hustle. But hustle, a hustle mentality is a life skill. Well, yeah, I know. But not like when you like, fuck, who I'm going to talk to now? I don't got nobody. I don't got no hustle. I came down here with the hustle that I don't do no more. And then, like, you know, I started, like, this little T-shirt company, whatever, with my boy. Mm-hmm. Again, another hustle. Like, I was just trying to apply yeah. Think and Grow Rich shit to a <laughs> state of God. I was trying to, I, I was applying it, and it was working, but only to a certain level because I didn't really know what I was trying to do. I was just trying yeah. to stay alive and pay the rent. Yeah. And then, um, and then, so my boy, like I said, he took, he took me to this thing. And then one day I was on the couch. I'm mad depressed. This is still in Miami. Yeah, this is in Miami. And then I thought about it like, yo, boom, I gotta, I'm gotta, i going to try to do comedy. Then I tried it. And that shit gave me a feeling of like even even though I stunk and I wasn't getting no money, it felt better than what, like the best day that I had mm-hmm. with the money. Yeah. Not to say the money days was great, but like I felt like I had something I could be proud of. And like mm-hmm. with that, I could never, I had to lie. It's like imagine living a lie. Yeah. Like, you know, we do comedy, mm-hmm. so we try to be truthful. So imagine like doing the opposite of that yeah all the time and you got to talk to your moms and you got you don't even want to talk to your moms you don't want to talk to nobody because you like when they like yo how you get this porsche you like yo it's a good 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 month good quarter at work and they like so your mom had no idea what you did no i mean she probably knew i was doing shady shit but but would you send her money yeah 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 okay but she's not gonna question that when i'm helping pay her rent helping her pay her debt and all of that shit Mm -hmm. and you know i'm a high school dropout so for her that even the fact that i'm like I wish a motherfucker told me. I'm like, oh, you selling drugs, nigga. You ain't got no nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you might be an Instagram comedian or something and you making money. Or you True. might have a Patreon. Yeah. But back in 05 and 06, no. you nothing. know, and you just out there living your life. I remember my mom's would come and visit me. I'm like living in a penthouse on the water. And she like, yo. I'm like, yeah, you know, just no working hard. Ha ha ha. But then I started doing comedy and then. How'd you? So what made you decide? Okay, I gotta go back to New York. I came up here because I, I had the T-shirt shit. I was making money with that. I was making a nice little amount of change with that, maybe like a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. So I figured out how to make a couple thousand a month, not doing crime, and kind of doing it, not easy, but kind of easy. Like I didn't, ha- I just, I was coming up with T-shirt ideas, designs, and shit. And then, um, so I started doing comedy. And then I was like, I had a few dollars. I'm gonna come. My mom's, my whole family live in the Bronx in New York. So I'm gonna come up. My mom's live by herself. She got an extra room. Let me chill with her for like a month. 
try to do comedy up here or like at least come to see what it's so about. So when you came up here, you knew that you were letting everything go in Miami. No, I was just coming up here for a month to oh, see okay, what okay. it was about. And then I had went. I was um, Dustin Chafin actually. He was doing uh, the. He was doing like little one. He was doing one on one sessions like a class. Oh type thing. yeah. I was like, fuck it. I got a few dollars. And I knew he was managing the club. So I was like, yo, let me see if I could mm-hmm. finesse my way in. And and I just really wanted to be around it. And I wanted to learn. So I was like, you know, I met with this dude. At the time, he had an assistant named Barbara Perez. Oh, yes. Remember Barbara? Barbara? Yes. And, and so she, I would she always. She drove cross country. Yeah. I would always talk to her. But then, like, coming here, like, when I was in Miami and I started doing comedy, people was like, yo, you going hard. And it was doing, like, three, four mics a week. And that, but that was, like, the most. That was, like, all, I was doing all the mics. So, mm-hmm. like, three, four mics a week in Miami. Then when I moved here and I seen how it was, I'm doing, like, 20 mics a fucking week. Yeah. 15 mics a week. And then I'm, I'll never forget. So I'm hyped up. I come back. I see Barbara like after like my first week. I'm like, yo, first two weeks. I'm like, yo, I'm moving back. Yo, word. And she like, nah, you should go back down to Miami. Go, <laughs> you know, hit some more mics. Get a little more comfortable on stage, whatever, whatever. And I was like, all right. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I was just taking people's advice. I didn't really have any strong perspective on it. And then um, so I remember the next day I seen her like a couple days later. She's like, yo, uh, remember what I told you last time? She's like, nah, you need to move here yesterday and i was like what happened she's like yo because i was talking to this dude he said you're gonna be a beast mm. and i was like what <laughs> i'm like what nigga, what because i'm still stinking at the time yeah. but it was still but it's something about it's something about your energy and your confidence or your fearlessness when you get on stage you could be on stage and be terrible but a true comedian could hear a new person and still find that gem. They'd be like, I see where you were going there, or I see where you're coming from, and you have an interesting point of view. Because that's really, really what makes everybody different is having an interesting point of view. Right. So if you're not out here, and you also got to realize that by the time you came to New York, all these mics was filled with nothing but regular okie-dokie white boys talking about, like, dragons and smoking weed and jerking off. But still, at the same, it's so funny, too, because sometimes we see people when we start Maybe not even at the mics, at shows and shit. And you're like, oh, man, this shit is fucking hilarious and la, 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 la. But the longer you go and the longer you kind of progress, you start looking at that like, what the hell was they talking about? Nothing. And then you see, because you see them again and mm-hmm. they still saying the same stuff. And you're yeah. like, yo, I was just, what are you even talking about? Mm-hmm. You know? And then, like, I think the thing, comedy is, for me, like, helped me kind of, like, grow. It helped me grow a lot to, like... Well, because you were living a lie, you were living a lie for six years. Well, my whole life. Your whole life was a lie. Well, not the whole life, but I feel like you're, well, you're not living your truth. No, like in life, you grow up and you you live you live a life that maybe it's not your truth, but it feels like under where you at, mm-hmm. it's it's your truth at that moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, cause my whole life, I didn't ever think I could be nothing. I would look around. Why like, did you think that? Cause you look around and you see like, yo, how shit is. And you like, I'm not no different. And you're not taught that you really different than everybody. Even when I remember my mom used to be like, oh, you know, everybody is um, unique and everybody's individual and all that shit. And I'm like, well, where we live, all the buildings look the same. Mm. I always had these observations of like, you telling me we could do what we want and we could be what we want. Why the fuck we is, is four of us 
in a in a two bedroom apartment then mm-hmm. if we could do so I never believed nothing like I was yeah. like yo y'all niggas is lying <laughs> I remember my pops used to be like yo if you graduate high school I'm gonna get you a Porsche I'm like nigga you on the bus <laughs> fuck are you talking about he was trying to be optimistic nah but he was lying his ass off instead <laughs> of just saying yo you go to school you ain't gotta be like me nigga on the bus yeah so anyway I, I it was a lie and then not until I'm an adult 28 29 and I started doing comedy, I was like, oh shit, I can actually do something. And then, you know, you see or you hear of other people's stories that's fucked up even more than you. And mm-hmm. they, they make it. So you're like, yo, I can't make it. Yeah. But my whole life, I didn't never see that story. I just seen a story around people that's around and people that's, you know, not making it out. Yeah. People going to college, coming back, owing mad money. Oh yeah, that's people real. going to the army, coming back with a with a with PTSD a, and a missing and, limb and the base level infinity or something. Niggas got a G twenty. <laughs> you like nigga, you went all the way. You could have got a Q forty five. I don't even know if they still make those, but <laughs> you like, what am I doing? So like with comedy, it showed me more. Even like, I think before even getting paid or nothing like that, mm-hmm. just the fact that this man told somebody else that yo, I'm gonna be something. Mm. Nobody didn't never say that about me in my entire life with wow. nothing that I ever did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like even like strangers being like, "Yo, you you I right. that was all that I needed to keep going to be like, "I right. and then just trying to figure out and before in my life I never really went from one step to the next step <clears throat> or even I was never at one step and was like, "Yo, let me try to figure out how I'm going to get to the next step." Mm-hmm. It was always like, "Whoop, this is where I'm at." Oh. But then once I got old and I started, you know, believing certain things, I was like, I always just try to assess where I'm at, what's going on, how can I, what do I need to do, yeah. how do I got to do it. The be- and then the other thing that helped, the best thing that I ever heard that I believed as I left the hood and kind of started doing comedy was that saying when people say, yo, do the best with what you got. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we do that growing up and that's just how we live. Yeah. It's kind of like called survival. But then when you kind of, when you're in a field of doing something, Yo, you around people that's way... I, I feel like even now, like, yo, there's people that's way better than me at mm-hmm. comedy. There's people... You got Chappelle's out there still in the world that could do three, four, ten hours yeah. without taking the no breath. Sweat. No yeah. intermission. No, none of that. You got people that's great at what they do, but then you realize, like, yo, you got whatever you got, that's what you got, and they don't got that. Yeah. They don't got what you got, mm-hmm. which is, like, whatever it is, that's, like, you make the best out of it and just kind of, I think, be positive. People be like... Yo, la, 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 la. I'm like, yo, I just try to work hard and be a good guy. Be positive. Be a face that people want to see. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why white people love you. Yeah. Because you are a pleasant uh, man of color. I mean, you what know, you, and I'm... I'm, I'm Dominican? I'm, what are you? Nah, I'm black. You're black? My, my, my family's from the West Indies. Oh, my, really? My, my mom's family is from St. Croix, and my pop's family from Guyana. Why does everybody think you're Spanish? Because I appropriated a Hispanic person's face. No, I think it's the Diablo. Yeah, that too, probably. But that's not even a Spanish name. That's a uh, Portuguese name. But I guess it's the same shit, actually. Well, they speak Spanish. No, they, no, speak, they Portuguese. speak Portuguese. Yeah. So you don't speak Spanish? Nah. But I know when you were in Miami, everybody thought you was Cuban. Yeah. Well, nah. Well, nah, nah, nah. Because a, a lot of... They look different. Because <laughs> if my lips is dark and big, they already know. Like, nah, they, they think I'm Dominican more than I'm Cuban. They be like, oh, he's Dominican. Did you learn Spanish when you was hustling? I don't know. No? No. I was uh, doing white collar shit. Oh, oh look at you fancy. I not I didn't invent the shit. Somebody showed me how to do it and I just did it. <laughs> I had my little hood flare and wasted a lot of money. 
But at any moment after you stopped and came back on this grind of living an honest life, did you have moments where like I could just easily just do something real quick, hustle real fast? Oh, I forgot to mention I had got. (laughs) So when I moved up here for the month, right? So when she was like, yo, you got to this is what you got to do, whatever. Boom, boom, boom. Then I did a bringer show. Yo, my mom's, everybody came out, the whole family. She was bringing people that I didn't see for years came out, loving me. My godmother, I didn't see her for like 20 years. And then she came out, see me. And I'll never forget, she was like, yo, um, yo, I seen the kid that used to run around in the, in the house and mm-hmm. around on the stage. And I was mm-hmm. like, goddamn. And then a day or two after that, I was at with my mom's crib, and the feds came to arrest me for the shit that I was doing in Miami, right? Damn. So I got locked up. And then um, I was mad scared. I was like, damn, I finally found the thing that I'm supposed to do. And now I'm probably going to go to jail. How the fuck they find you at your mama's house? I don't house? know, man. That's the federal agents. They got microphones. Like, we got microphones. I know. But I'm just saying, like, you, you had been chilling in Miami that whole time. And all of a sudden, as soon as you yeah. come back to New York, they was like, got him. Yeah, and I had stopped. I wasn't even hustling no more. I didn't hustle for, like, maybe, like, a couple years. I stopped. I didn't even... So that was good for my argument, too. Like, when I did get caught and I was in court and all that, I was like, yo, y'all didn't catch me doing this. <laughs> I, was, I did that was like that Carlitos way. I was self-rehabilitated, reinvigorated. <laughs> and they let me, and they, they um, so, but that, that made me move back to New York because I'm like, I'm not going to go back through to this. Miami. I'm not going to go through this trial or whatever in Miami, especially if I'm on, on um, pre-trial or whatever, mm-hmm. pre-trial probation or whatever. I'm going to go to New York so I could just work on the comedy. And whatever. be around your family. And yeah. yeah. So I was like, if I got to go away, at least I'm, you know. So when they arrested behind. you, you just didn't go back to Miami? I went back to grab my shit and then I came back. Mm-hmm. But that shit was crazy. But that was like, I think, part of the thing that helped me too. Like, so that was part, like, because that was what you saying, like, did I ever want to go back and hustle? That was the thing that made me not change. That shit, honestly, probation changed my life. How so? It just made me be a different person. It helped me be a different person. Like, it forced me to be a different person. Did like, you, you didn't have curfew. Did you have curfew? Or not, just well, like, I did, but I told them they understood the comedy thing. That oh, was my wow. angle. That's what got me out of going to jail, too, I think. Because all of the people you see at 500 Pearl Street come in, mm-hmm. maybe one of them is a comic. So out of 100,000 people, there's one dude that's like, yo, I'm doing comedy. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and I did a show actually called Probation's Got Talent. My attorney was like... <laughs> Cause no, they had a they had a the talent show for people that was on. I wasn't even on probation. I was on pretrial. Yeah. So I didn't even get sentenced yet. Mm-hmm. But she was like, "Yo, do this show. It's for everybody at the courthouse, the the clerks, judges, probation officers, and all that." And um. So 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 she came up. Show. She came up with the talent show. No or? no no. It was it was a flyer around the. They oh. do it for the holidays for the people that work at the courthouse. Oh, and so you and so you uh on pretrial. Yeah. You don't work there. No. But you. But she said she got me onto the show. And then I did it and we recorded it and then showed it to the judge during the sentencing or whatever. And then he was like, yo, I forget. He was like, uh, he said he went to go watch it for a second, came back out. He was like, oh, you're trying to be a comedian? I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, I understand you can't be Richard Pryor overnight. And then once he said that, honestly, I was like, oh, he's going to let me go home. And then he let me go. And then like, you know, so I've been off. I'm going to be off probation in February. I've been on this shit for like five years, not including like the two years, so like seven years. So you didn't get sentenced, you just got probation. I got sentenced. It was I pled guilty and my sentencing was um like half a million dollars and five years probation and two hundred hours of community service. How many more hours do you have left? A community service? Yeah. Probably like seventy something. Well, I should have been you done already. Better <laughs> get to fucking but um 
but, serving. But the shit changed me though. Like it forced me to like all the things that I probably would have did if I wasn't on probate made me not do it. I didn't. I, I stopped being. A, I stopped being immature, mm-hmm. or I stopped being as immature. You had some. You have something to lose. And yeah, and then I felt like I had something to to gain too. So I felt like I had something to lose, and I had a lot to gain. How are you paying back a half a million dollars? I don't know. Oh, so that's just that's just old until you start making money. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, they want ten percent a month, so I give them like and then faith payments. Oh, okay. So it's like I could give them twenty, forty, fifty, whatever. Like I got a big check coming in the mail. I probably mm-hmm. give them like a couple hundred. They see that and they be like, "All right, he's making an effort." Oh, okay. okay they know okay. you ain't. Gonna, I mean, it's so funny because everybody that I talk to, like whether it be my PO or my attorney or my moms or whoever, like nobody thinks that I could do it. Like everybody's like, "Yo, you're gonna spend the rest of your life." This shit oh no no no! I definitely think da, 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 da. you're gonna do. I definitely think you can do it. Absolutely. First of all, that ain't nothing but a couple movie roles and the screenplay. That's what I'm trying to show you. Um, but I definitely think you can do it. I just wanted to know: it, was it just sitting there, and then once they see you get money, they like give me that? But you well, said if you I don't pay. make faith payments, yeah, they probably yeah. be strict like that. But the fact that I, you know, make little efforts—that's all they really want to see. That's you know good. what I mean? But no, that should definitely help me though. Like real talk, it helped me. Like I don't, I didn't, I never like when I started comedy, it made me focus way more on it. Mm. Like it's all I fucking thought about. I didn't think about, and then my mom, I live with my mom, so that shit helped me. That shit was like a cheat code right there. Mm. And then my mom's, as long as she seen me going hard, she never asked me for no rent. She didn't ask me for nothing. She just like, yo, if that's what you're gonna do, do that shit. And yeah. then like, you know what I mean. So that was like. Mom's on my back. My mom's my mom's was never proud of me. She never really not saying she wasn't proud of me, but she never showed like it was never like, yo, I see what you're doing. There's nothing that I did that she saw yeah. that her friends could come and see, that her <laughs> friends could big her up, like, yo, yeah. your son is nice. That should make her feel good, like, oh shit, my son is something. Mm-hmm. So like that was like to know that she was there and to know that little along the way, like people say little things, mm-hmm. that shit was that shit was like the biggest payment is like making yourself hot. That's making yourself hot along the way. It is making when yourself hot. When people say, yo, Chloe, like when I seen you the other night, I ain't seen you in mad long. Mm-hmm. Not to say you was never funny and you wasn't funny, but that was the funniest that I ever seen you. I'll be honest with you. Or and that was the on a weird night. No, at the oh, fucking better days. better days. Oh, yeah. I ain't seen you maybe like a couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I seen you, I'm like, oh, shit, yo, you was lit. Yeah. You fucking killed. So it's like those things that it's like, I'm going to tell you, yo, you killed. Where take it as however you want but that shit is like a, some sort of some sort of fucking something yeah you know what i mean where yeah. you be like all right tomorrow i'm ready for tomorrow mm-hmm. it's yeah, like an emotional true. payment or something yeah that's true but comedy i think that was like and then you start making money mm-hmm. maybe not a lot but you saw nigga the first couple dollars you make you get a check in the mail you're like oh shit oh I know, you know, when you first get paid, when you first get a check from comedy, not like just spot pay, but first you get a check, a part of you is like, I don't even really want to deposit this shit. I want to frame it so everybody know that I made a money doing comedy. But you're like, let me hurry up and cash this check. And but see, now... You keep the stub. Now, well, now you just take a picture of it and upload it on your phone so you can keep the check. Oh, true, 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 But it true. wasn't like that when I, I first started. I ain't got that technology, though, so I, I, I usually go to the check cashing. Oh. Cash my shit like a G. <laughs> I go to the spot with the little key card. Oh my god! So I don't even give them my ID. I just give them the keys. You need Boop. to just get you a bank account. I gotta get my life together. Still, I'm still still working, working progress. You've done so. What are you talking about? You've come so far. No, I know. I'm just saying everything is not. You know, it's yeah. a work in progress. Yes. Work Be proud progress. of yourself. Be Figuring proud of yourself. Out. 
Well, Petey, we've reached the point of the episode. Um, I end each episode the same way. Petey Diabru, what makes you a social misfit? Because I don't do what people want me. Like, I don't do what's expected of me to do. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, even, like, what back to, like, where we started with the business thing. Um, like I said, and that's why I say I feel bad for my peers. And I, I feel like being on my mom's couch is a cheat code. Because even though I'm hungry and, and you know, I'm, I might be broke a lot of times or I might not have shit or whatever. I kind of know my value of what I think it is. Mm-hmm. So when I could tell an agent no, I could tell an audition no, I could tell these people no. Mm-hmm. Just the way that a lot of them respond is that they so used to hungry niggas not telling them no. Or not hungry, thirsty niggas yeah, not telling yeah. them no. Where there's, it's like, a, uh, there's a difference uh, between yeah. hungry, hungry and Hunger, you need hunger. Thirst make you look crazy. Yeah. But so that that made me know, like, and then to see, I, like I said, I feel bad for my parents because I know when my when some of my homies come up to me and they like, yo, how'd you get that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, off the strength. And they're like, damn, yo, I've been on ice over here on the shelf when this manager got me on ice. Yeah. They don't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel, and then when I tell them, they're like, you're not managed. I'm like, you managed? I'll be like, nah. And they be like, you're not managed? And I'm like, by choice. And they be like, oh, for real? Yeah. Like, you got an option? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so. I just got a manager this past January, and that was something where I felt like I, w- I had done so much mm-hmm. without one. And then I, it got to the point where I would hear about things. I'm like, damn, I didn't even know about that thing right. because right, right, right. it's like I'm not in the loop like that. But now it's like, okay, I have somebody who can tell me what's going on. But I still work by myself. Well, yo, the best advice I got was a few. Well, not the best, but one of the best pieces of advice I got early in, like, people wanting to fuck with me, I guess, was uh, somebody told me comics are going to do more for you than anybody else is going to do for you, whether before your managers and the agents, right? And I was like, all right, whatever, because this motherfucker is a millionaire. Motherfucker popping. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Motherfucker got a Rolex on his hand telling you that shit. And you're oh, like, yeah. all right. But it's like you hit listen to it, and then you're like, whatever. And then, like, a couple weeks or a week later after that, I'm on the road doing the theater with Alana Glazer. Mm-hmm. Nobody hooked that up. She hooked. She hit me up like, "Yo, boom! You want to open for me?" Woo yeah. woo! And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So it kind of came full circle. Where I was like, "Yo, this is what he said." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was like, so just even that, believing little shit like that, because we, I feel like a lot of people, we just want to be validated, especially when you work mad hard and you feel like you're putting in all of the, yep. all of the fucking elbow grease that's out there, mm-hmm. and you like, "Yo, why I gotta? Why? Why I'm checking my pocket? See if I got fifty cent for some Bravo." <laughs> Fuck some Bravo chips. The bag break all easily. Yeah, no, my shit. My when I'm when I'm feeling like real not down and out, but like yo, I just need something to remind me of the struggle. I, my my go to is um, Dipsy Doodles. Oh yeah, I plain? love me plain Dipsy. I don't do barbecue. I fucked with the barbecue. No Dipsy and Doodles and the chili cheese. Oh no, those Fritos. So yeah, I don't like Fritos. Dipsy Doodles is by far the best corn chips. But nah, yo, social misfits, we out here. Listen, yo, you can't, you, uh, dude, so much shit, man. Like, even I be on some positive shit, that shit is hard. <laughs> it is much harder no, but to not, be positive. Not only to be just negative. being positive, yeah, being around people that look at you like you a fu- like you soft or you like you you you. So they let's talk about that real quick. Like, so you you're still now you're back in the Bronx. Yeah. How was it going back home with this new mentality? That shit was hard. Be, and still living in the building where everybody is in the same looking space and it people was, got a dark cloud over their head. It was hard, but it also felt good. 
the, mm. the, the hard part was going back home and seeing like my friends and people that I left still doing the same shit. Yeah. And then so, you know, on this journey every day, I would try to figure out, yo, why is people what was what, what make me different than them? Mm-hmm. If we all from the because I knew if I didn't leave and I didn't see certain things, I would have been right there with them. So I'm asking myself, yo, what why? makes you different? I was like, oh shit, I get it. I got, a, I got a purpose. I got a goal. I got a I hope, think and I have hope in it. Yeah, everybody has a purpose, but they don't realize that they have it, but and then the, they don't know how to follow through. But what I seen with all my friends, whether it's my family that's on drugs, whether it's my friends that's on drugs, or it's my friends that's in jail or whatever, I realized like, yeah, we all do have purposes, but we don't all have hope, mm. and nobody don't give a fuck about what what you believe in or none of that. All they care about is what you do, what you produce. So and that's why I you call that, yourself the hope of the hood? Hope of the hood. Because i seen the way that my moms and everybody, i seen the way my sisters and people start, when they see you going for it mad hard, mm-hmm. and they don't know they don't know what the fuck you're going after, but they see you going for it, and then they see little little things happen for you, whatever. Yeah. Now they like, yo, let me try to do my own little one, mm. too. Let me try to do this, or like yeah. whatever. So i seen like just leading by action, and that's even one of the main reasons why I want to blow up to another level where one of my purposes to blow up for another level is because I know where we from. Yeah. You could talk to the, like the same way I said my parents and my moms and the, everybody was like, yo, you could do this or you could do that, you could do that. But mm. they didn't have no proof. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, nigga, I need some proof to show motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. and back up what I'm trying to tell yeah. them. Like, yo, I'm not no better than nobody else. I just, you know, like I said, the social misfit, that goes back to the social misfit. You're not better, we're not better than nobody else, but what we believe and what we do Changes. is what separate us from what someone else believe in what they do you know what i'm saying absolutely well let's end it there pd where can people follow you at yo you can find me on the gram i'm usually i'm heavy on the gram right now at pd's jokes p is in pd d is in d's nuts and jokes as in jokes how many e's in the d's two e's like d's d-e-e-z j-o-k-e-s you can find me there you can find me at better days every wednesday 302 broom street you can uh check me out on i on uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, Hope of the Hood. And find me in these streets, man. We out here holding it down. Find me by Chloe, you know what I'm saying? Watching her purse. Yeah, I'm, I've been gripping this purse so hard because there have been people who have been walking by here repeatedly. Yeah, like the dude talking to himself. Yes. He had on a Jason Kids, though. Don't he did have fly. a Jason Kids. I was like, where did he get those sneakers from? Because he definitely walked by here at least 15, 20 times. Um, but thank you so much for meeting me in the park. Thank you so much. I appreciate much. you for glad sharing we got your to story. Do it. I'm so glad to. Uh, go smoke your cigarette. <laughs> you know I've been <laughs> itching for it. But you see how I changed with my probation? Old Petey would have just lit it up in the park. New Petey, no regulations. I know you're not supposed to smoke in this park. I don't need no reason for them people to come and talk to me. Of course. And then I got to lie. Oh, I didn't know. I, you know. I hate having to lie when I knew some shit. Oh, I didn't know. I feel like they can say my chakras, they know I'm lying. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Bye.